pretty good and uh, I am happy to be here on this episode and another great couple of episodes from you all uh, when it came to ranking the movies so all right starting now here's the news in five minutes or less so first we have inflation Um, this one is out of shiftgold.com the Federal Reserve monetized more than half of the massive federal pandemic debt so more than half of that new debt was just printed out of thin air, and that's why we're seeing uh, prices rising. Um, Here's some good news. This is an actual study from medicine.wustl.edu. Mild COVID infection induces lasting antibody protection. So people who have had COVID and recovered from it, they have lasting antibody protection. And um, anyone who says otherwise is lying to you just to make you get the vaccine. Um, let's see what else we got here. So we have Senator Rand Paul receives a death threat and a package with white powder. Extremely sketchy times. Uh, Rand Paul has been going at the deepest levels. He's been going after, uh, Anthony Fauci. Uh, he's been going after trying to find the truth about the lab leak hypothesis. Um, and uh, gain-of-function research. And uh, a couple years ago, he wanted to audit the CIA to figure out what they were doing. Um, and he's had a lot of death threats on him. So uh, we, we, hope that he, we hope that he's okay. Um, here's another. Uh, this is a primary source from medrxiv.org. It's a study that shows that masks don't actually work. It didn't matter if states had mask mandates or not have mask mandates, or mask usage, or not mask usage. Um, Either way, you ended up with the same result. COVID infections went up, and then they went down. Um, Then you had a big one. You had the Fauci emails that were released. A lot of people are talking about these emails. Um, I'm sure they'll come up later in this show. But um, these emails weren't leaked. They were part of... Uh, Freedom of Information Act requests. So the fact checkers out there are saying, um, the the fact check that they're saying is that they weren't leaked. They were part of a 
Freedom of Information Act requests. But they're not actually fact-checking anything that's in the emails. And the emails are pretty astonishing. Fauci admits that masks don't really work. Um, also, there's people emailing him saying that um, this virus has stuff that's inconsistent with evolutionary theory and therefore could be man-made. Um, the UK has scrapped their plans for domestic vaccine passports. So there's some good news. Um, health experts urge caution on giving COVID vaccines to UK children, as they should give caution. Um, Amazon is branding vaccinated employees, which forces private COVID decisions public. They're making you wear a badge if you were vaccinated, and by extension, they know if you haven't been vaccinated. And I know someone who works at Amazon, and they are going through that exact thing. Um, it's very embarrassing and humiliating when you have to walk around with a mask on and everyone knows you're unvaccinated. They think you're a threat. Um, uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Cuban and Venezuelan fans protest communist regi regimes at Olympic baseball qualifier. So you have um, solid protests against communism going on there. Um, China state media says country must prepare for nuclear war with U.S. Uh, after Biden asked for COVID probe. They, they are always talking tough, but that, that's pretty scary right there. I hope that just amounts to nothing more than just talk. Um, the worst kept secret in America, high inflation is back. That's out of Mises.org. Um, Chamber of Commerce warns of worsening labor shortage, and they call it a national economic crisis. So you, government pays people not to work, and you got big problems on the supply side of things. And some of my top stories are the fact that Connecticut confirms at least 18 cases of apparent heart problems, myocarditis, in young people after COVID vaccination. That's in Connecticut alone. And then you have a Kenmore, Washington teen developing myocarditis after second vaccine shot. The CDC is investigating possible rare side effect. They always call it rare, but uh, you're going to have a lot of teenagers coming down with myocarditis, which is heart inflammation, which could ruin their lives. I mean, they, they could be out of sports for the rest of their life. Timer's going off. And that's it. Back to you, Scott. Very well said there, Patrick. And uh, thanks for that, of course. Always important to stay up on these issues, um, especially for those listening in the future, uh, so they know. And we don't forget what's been going on, and especially the one with uh, you mentioned about auditing the CIA. I didn't even know that was possible, if they could do that. And uh, we'll have to get Mr. Lawson's opinion the next time he's on about what they could potentially find or how that would work. I'm sure uh, when he's listening to this episode, he's at home chuckling right now and wishing he could be part of it. But uh, we'll have him back soon. And as we get into our topic today, it is on the New World Order. And uh, we did mention uh, them in the Bilderberg Group episode. Uh, please check that out again if you are new to the show. Uh, you're going to want to listen to that. Um, but in more of a general sense, we want to discuss what the uber elite, uh, the shadow government, the masterminds that are behind 9-11, JFK, assassination, etc., and what their ultimate uh, endgame is, I guess you could say. Um, I think a lot of us have been, you know, if you're, I wouldn't say down the rabbit hole, but if you're, you know, you know what to look for, you've been seeing signs for years on what could be coming. And some of it hasn't amounted to things, you know, we've been wrong, and I think we can admit we've been wrong about some things. But other things, you know, it's a slow build, and I'm going to get into my uh, theory or, 
belief on why some of these are happening the way they are. Um, but we do think that these organizations, uh, we think of them sometimes as James Bond villains, you know, right out of the movies. Um, but as a writer, I live by a very simple belief that the villains are never evil in their own minds. I might have said this on the show before, but I mean, they're never, they never think they're doing something bad. Maybe some of them do, but at the same time, they think that what's best for them is best for everybody. Or they don't really care at all about the little people. Like, see, you and I, you know, everybody here, Patrick Henry, Mercy, and I, the Lawsons, we're all ants to them. And you don't care when you step on an ant. And that'll be a big factor coming in later. But I want you to imagine out there, if you will, if you, will you are Hillary Rodham Clinton. You know, you are the offspring, or you're the offspring of a relative of Prescott Bush, you know, the prestigious Bush family, George Bush, uh, the Rockefellers, J.P. Morgan. Um, you are brought up with private tutors who taught at Harvard. You're around celebrities, politicians, and other uber social elite. Um, would that affect you mentally? You know, the belief that if a senator from New York or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, an oil, an oil tycoon, or somebody else are bowing down to you because of your wealth and family name, doesn't that make you special? You get to, you go to private parties, exotic locations around the world, everything you want with a snap of your finger. Would you believe that you're a god if you're brought up that way? Do normal laws apply to you? Your grandfather controls a bank. The president owes your dad because he donated, donated millions of dollars to his campaign. These are the New World Order members that are behind the scenes that have been so, they're so powerful at this point. I think I've said this before, but they've done so well to hide themselves. You don't even know they exist. Uh, we will discuss what they have done, what they are doing, and maybe what they have planned in this episode. Okay, all right. With that, that was my intro. Uh, Mr. Henry, would you like to do your intro and say your piece? Yeah, I mean, I don't have an intro per se, but I will um, just uh, talk, kind of play off of what, what you said. Um, I, I do want to emphasize that to me, it's not, these people aren't about greed. Um, sure, there's some lower, lower level people that are about greed. Um, they want to accumulate as much wealth as humanly possible. Um, but I think when you get to the higher levels, it's no longer greed anymore. It's, it's about, um, it's a, it's about actual evil. It's, it's about, um, population control, um, re reducing population. Um, it's ultimately about control. Um, and these people in, in my opinion, they are religious, they are religious, but they're not, um, Christians or Muslims or Jews. Um, they are Satanists in my opinion. They, they actually, um, believe in the devil. And I think that it's not just believing in the devil. I think they can actually conjure him up with, um, weird, whatever ceremonies that they're doing. Um, and their goal is to, um, please the devil basically and follow the devil and, um, get control over humanity and kill a bunch of humans off and, um, create a world government and, the ultimate control within that world government is to get everybody chipped and everybody's chipped with a digital currency and you cannot buy or sell. Um, you cannot buy or sell without that chip. And, um, there's a, there's a, 
chapter in Revelations that talks about the mark of the beast that says you will not be able to um, buy or sell without the mark of the beast in your hand or in your forehead. Now, the newer versions say on, but the original King James version says in, and that aligns perfectly with a chip. Um, so, in my opinion, that's the end goal is to get everybody chipped with a digital world currency. We, we got pretty deep there off the, off the bat. So go ahead, Scott. Yeah, no, I'm actually, cause I was, uh, uh, just for you out there, we didn't really collaborate on this episode too much. We just basically know each other over, over probably 20 years of friendship here that we know kind of what the other one's going to say. And I expected uh, Patrick here to bring up the chips and, 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 uh, Part of that too is is in the buildup to it. It's this is these are the things you start to look for too, and these are just some random examples. But I think one of the ways they want to start getting people used to being chipped. You know, we've seen this at work. A bunch of different companies want you to get chipped for your job, um, and that, I think that's something that's going to be coming more and more, uh, you know, in the news or more prevalent uh, coming up here. It already really is. But another way they're going to do it too is because you've seen a lot of large scale credit hacks over the last decade. And so they want people to make like to feel insecure about where their money is or that where their info is. And if you're chipped, then they have that info inside you all the time. But it's also a great way to control people too. And and um, I know there's been a lot of the talks about Bill Gates trying to get people chipped too, which we can probably bring up again later. But you know, just as a, a right off the bat here, you know, in Adobe, uh, there was an Adobe, Adobe hack in 2013 which affected 153 million people. There was the Adult Friend Finder, which is I believe kind of a porn site in 2016 that was hacked and that affected 412 million people. You had um, eBay hacked in 2014, 145 million people. Equifax in 2017, 148 million people. So they're reaching everywhere and they're affecting people uh, with these hacks and they're scaring people. And that could lead you, you know, it's just going to be safer. You know, you can't get hacked if you have a chip, potentially. And I'm not sure, and we won't get into it too far, I'm not sure if it's more of a religious thing that is a weird coincidence in my opinion that you know, it, it's hard to overlook that with, you know, what it says in Revelations. But it, it seems like that futuristic sci-fi type of thing, too, where it's just better and easier to control people. And once you control people with a chip and the thought of, like, you know, if you need your chip to get into your house, you need your chip to turn on your car, if it gets to that level, you know, you need chip to go to the grocery store, you know, to order things. And then you turn that off, you're an outcast. You know, what if you don't get vaccine and vaccinated and you get a chip? Or, you know, and there's so many scary scenarios I can go towards. And I'll throw it back to Patrick here, but I remember even as soon after 9-11, Donald, Donald Rumsfeld, right after 9-11, started introducing the idea of getting people chipped. So this isn't something that's uh, new. It's been around for a while, Mr. Henry. Yeah, I just um, wanted to throw this out while we were still on the topic of the microchip. That's why I kind of raised my hand there. Um, if, uh, first of all, if you go to republicoftruth.com and you go to the various links pages, you can search for chip, and there's tons of articles that I've saved uh, throughout the years um, where they're talking about chips. But this is one I, in particular I wanted to highlight. So this is out of USA Today. It's called, um, this is from August 9th, 2017. It's called, You Will Get Chipped Eventually. So here's what it says. I'll just read a little bit of it. You will get chipped. It's just a matter of time. In the aftermath of a Wisconsin firm embedding microchips in employees last week to ditch company badges and corporate logos, the internet has entered into full-throated debates. Religious activists are so appalled they've been penning nasty one-star reviews of the company, Three Square, three square Market, on Google, Glassdoor, and social media. Let me just say right here, um, 
notice how the media frames it. So first of all, they say it's a debate. It shouldn't even be a debate. There's no, we're not getting chipped. It's not even a debate. It's not going to happen. Um, and secondly, they say the only people against it are religious activists. So they're already framing your mind to think, oh, these are just, you know, uh, right-wing Christian nuts. And anyways, back to the article. It says, on the flip side, seemingly everyone else wants to know, is this what real life is going to be like soon at work? Will I be chipped? Quote, it will happen to everybody, says Noel Chelsea, 49, Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. But not this year and not in 2018, maybe not my generation, but certainly that of my kids. Gene Munster, an investor and analyst at Loop Ventures, is an advocate for augmented reality, virtual reality, and other new technologies. He thinks embedded chips in human bodies is 50 years away. In 10 years, Facebook, Google, Apple, and Tesla will not have their employees chipped, he says. You'll see some extreme forward-looking tech people adopting it, but not large companies. The idea of being chipped has too much negative connotation today, but by 2067, we will have desensitized we will have been desensitized by the social stigma. So um, as you can see, their plan, at least within this article, is to slowly convince people over time, not starting right now, but um, convince you over time that the chip is not such a bad thing. Um, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, and I know that's something, and that is a way of control, too. And I think I remember... Um not to throw it back to you this quick, but I think you told me an article one time I remember where it was like some parents in, I think it's Florida, were heralded as like this new wave way of thinking because they were going to get their baby chipped. And uh, do you remember that at all? I don't. I'm sorry. But I do remember uh, Benjamin Netanyahu suggesting microchipping kids. So it's along the same lines. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was something along those two. But I remember uh, uh, maybe it, it was uh, something because I remember you told me around the same time it was like uh, the vaccines too. I might have gotten those mixed up, but uh, I, I was pretty sure that it was like uh, these herald, these parents were heralded as like, oh, they're like, oh, they're so amazing. They're so like new wave and so forward thinking to get your baby chipped uh, right off the bat. But it kind of leads into, again, kind of diving into what I believe the New World Order wants to eventually accomplish. So we talked in the Builder Bear group, we brought up the uh, Georgia Runestones, the Guidestones, you know, where they want to keep the population to 100 million or less. Um, in a way, it's almost kind of weird, too. I wonder... Because I've been reading article after article about how millennials, in particular, don't want to have kids anymore. You know, they they they're saying there's a big uh, crisis right now. Then in the next 40, 50 years, we're actually gonna like the birth rate in America is dangerously is going to be dangerously low, and it, it hasn't been um, like this since back before the uh, baby boom after the the World War II. And so I almost kind of wonder, in a way, if um, I don't know if there, if it's uh, some subliminal messaging kind of thing where they've already worked at. It, where, in a way, too, this also leads into where it's just so hard for younger people today to make a, make a savings account and, and get ahead and pay off their college debt to even think about affording kids, too. You know, it still happens, but, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm sorry. And uh, I was uh, rambling there and looking off into the distance, and here's Patrick Henry. <laughs> there is this article out of the uh, Jerusalem Post. Benjamin Netanyahu suggests microchipping kids, and he's slammed by experts. So... Um, says cyber experts slam Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for his proposal to microchip children who return to schools and kindergartens as the coronavirus lockdown is lifted. Um, so he suggested that the health ministry use new technology to 
help Israel adjust to its new routine as the state lifted, is lifting the coronavirus lockdown. Um, let, me, let me just say, they, they use fear. They use um, global problems, whether it be global terrorism, global climate change, or coronavirus, um, as an excuse to accomplish the goals they want to accomplish. I saw politicians calling for a one-world government to fight coronavirus, literally. I saw, um, you know, here you have Benjamin Netanyahu saying, you have to, oh, you have to microchip kids now in order to stop coronavirus. Um, this is what they do. They, they create a problem. Um, coronavirus looks more and more like it was created in a lab. Um, they control the reaction and guide it. And then they provide the solution, which is always more control for them. Go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, I was going to piggyback on that. And exactly, that, that's exactly right. It is the fear. And it's grown so much. And actually, we're going to do a JFK assassination episode and everything with that. But that's honestly where a lot of people, and I have a lot of books I've read, I've watched a lot of documentaries, and a lot of it is credited back to around that time after JFK was assassinated, as that was the time when they started using the media to create fear. And that just, it's it been growing decade by decade, you know, is the water you drink safe is, you know, I'm, and we know for a lot of it, it's not with fluoride in the water and everything, but you know, it, like the, uh, uh, the things that they're adding into the food, into the atmosphere, chemtrails too. And that's again, too, it all, I was listening to a radio program today. I, I'm not sure who it was. It was a conservative talk show, but they said again, you know, um, as soon as you hear the word conspiracy theory, that's it. You know, as soon as somebody says, if you bring up any kind of points at all, if you bring up something like, you know, oh, we did samples of chemtrails and we found that there's aluminum in there. Like, why is there aluminum in that? Aluminum in that. It's like, well, you're a conspiracy nut. And that shuts it down. You don't need any other evidence. You don't need any other facts. As soon as you claim somebody's a conspiracy theorist, that's it. You're done. You're t it, 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 you just can't win any argument like that. You can show all the facts, all the figures. You can show, you know, you can uncover these, these hidden cabals and still... Once you're labeled as a conspiracy theorist, that's it. And so they still use that fear, you know, like, and exactly it, it, with the chipping of babies, you know, they're going to use the fear of the mother. Like, what if your child is kidnapped and stuff? You could, like, you weren't a good mother because you didn't get them chips so you can find them faster. I mean, that's the kind of program they're going to use. These ads you see with the COVID vaccines all the time, like, you don't love your grandparents if you don't help them get COVID uh, vaccines. I mean, what a bunch of crap. Crap. Okay, and uh, I'm sorry, Mercy, would you want to say something? I actually do want to say something. So first I'm going to preface this with that I am not as well versed in the world of conspiracy theories as Patrick and Scott are, but I did do some research for this podcast. My main goal is just going to be asking questions to help shed some light on questions I had and I'm sure you guys would have as well. So you were mentioning that you believe that COVID was formulated maybe in a lab and Based on some conspiracy theories I've read about New World Order and population control, it says that basically they would use genocide by creating unneeded wars, plagues, viruses, and it actually said tainting of vaccines was a way that they could control population. So obviously right now COVID is a big thing, and I was just wondering what are your thoughts on that, Patrick, Patrick Henry? Do you believe that the virus... It was manufactured and that the vaccine was potentially tampered with. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that the I think that the virus they're showing more and more. And again, there's evidence on uh, Republic of Truth. Um, there's an article out of Daily Mail. Chinese scientists created COVID-19 in a lab and then tried to cover their tracks. 
Um, along with that, you have a lot of, uh, it's beyond even evidence, it's just fact that um, uh, Fauci's, Fauci's organization, um, whether I think it's the National Institute of Health, um, actually gave funding to that same lab. And so what happens is, what happened in my opinion is they took um, natural coronavirus because there are coronaviruses out there. There's all different kinds, like the common cold. Um, they made it so that it could spread more easily among humans and that it was more deadly. Um, this is called gain of function research. Um, they intentionally study it in order to use it as a bioweapon. Of course, they don't say they're going to use it against their own populations, but they would never admit that. Um, and then I think uh, they released it. This is why it spreads so easily from person to person um, is because um, they tampered with it. Something that goes from a bat to a human could not then learn how to spread so efficiently from human to human. It would take more time than just instantaneously. So saying that it was created in a lab, then I, in, in my opinion, it wasn't as deadly as they were kind of hoping it would be. And that's why you see Bill Gates in some interviews saying, um, uh, um, what, he said something to the effect of, uh, people better be ready for the next pandemic. And he gave a little smirk and he said, you know, that um, they won't be able to do what they've done during this past pandemic, which is uh, scream about their individual rights. Um, they use the pandemic to say, those who talk about individual rights are selfish. Um, and then they use it to say, okay, you can't get out of lockdown unless you take a vaccine. So I think for one thing, um, the modified the COVID-19 may have been used to kill off the older population. Um, the younger population is still productive for the new world order. They're still um, working and paying taxes. And then in their minds, the older generation is just leeching off the system. So they don't mind killing them off, especially with our um, Social Security um, being as underwater as it is. And then on top of that, then they say, okay, now you got to take this vaccine to get your, your freedom. Um, I actually have right here the, the latest um, VAERS statistics. Um, this, this is unprecedented for a vaccine, um, especially after only a couple months. There's been over 5,000 deaths now, 5,165. There's been 17,600 hospitalizations, and it goes on from there. You have anaphylaxis, Bell's palsy. Um, 5,000 additional were life-threatening, so they didn't result in death, but they were life-threatening. 2,000 heart attacks. Um, so I think that the vaccine is doing exactly what it's intended to do, kill some, pe kill some more people off that COVID didn't kill. And in addition to that, it's going to make a lot of people sick in maybe not now, but in a couple years from now. And when you have so many people sick um, with autoimmunity or other chronic illnesses, um, they're going to want government controlled and provided health care. And they're going to call for government health care. And that's what we're going to end up with is government run health care. And you're going to be forced to Take whatever vaccines they tell you to. And uh, go ahead, Scott. I see you over there. Go ahead. Oh, no, exactly. And that's exactly what I was going to talk about because that's something I wrote down before. Is something, one of the trends you see a lot of times with the New World Order when, when you have these elite, 
you know, um, with all these different, you know, the shadow government behind it, is when you create the crisis among the people, then you get the people to demand a response to the government. Like, why didn't you see this happening? Even though it, they created it. They, you know, the people may, I'm not saying your senator from Oklahoma was behind this. He, like, they're not all, it's not, you know, it's a select group. But these are the, 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 the way they do that. They, they get the, they create the crisis and then they get changed through these free elections. Because something I've seen too, and um, not saying that all rich people are super wealthy or, you know, among the Illuminati or the, the shadow government, but um, they do have their own agendas. They, they, a lot of them, the super elite, still can only have, like, they can only vote one time in an election or something. So how do you affect, you know, if you're 1% of the wealth and the power and stuff, how do you get the other 99% to go your way? And that's how you do it. You create this crisis and you get them to go in your direction. You get them to conform to what you want to believe in. And that's what I wanted to say about that. And I'll throw it back to Patrick here. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, real quick, um, if this past year didn't make, make someone a conspiracy theorist, I don't know what will. Um, because right now we've, we found out, um, it, there's, there's another article I recommend out of Vanity Fair, the lab leak theory inside the fight to uncover COVID-19's origins. So what we find out is this stuff leaked from a lab, leaked in, in quotes, caused governments around the world to gain unprecedented new powers. I mean, they are arresting pastors in Canada just for holding church services. America's not quite as bad, thankfully. Uh, because we have the Bill of Rights that Patrick Henry made sure uh, got into the Constitution. Um, so it caused governments around the world to gain unprecedented new powers over their citizens. It allowed vaccine manufacturers to score billions of dollars without any liability. It destroyed small businesses, but boosted huge corporations. So I don't understand um, why it's difficult to be a conspiracy theorist at this point. It should be obvious. Go ahead, Scott. Oh yeah, no, I agree with you, and uh, and I think we said uh, we'll we'll probably well, we'll continue the continue, continue the conversation in general, but uh, we can go to Mercy Warren again right now. And yes, I I hope I answered Mercy's question by the way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you do, and I actually have two things I just want to tack on. The first one being it was pretty public news that President Donald Trump actually overhauled a pandemic task force that Obama put in place. So do we think that that's an inside job, that he knew something was coming and that was the New World Order attempting to cause Make it pro- more difficult since we had a yeah. plan in place, but it was gutted. And also, while I was looking up some of these conspiracy theories, I came across the concept of false flags, where something is put in place to look like one thing, but really an inside job that to accomplish a certain goal. So do we think that... the coronavirus act was actually a false flag yeah um yeah i think i think it was a false flag um there there's actually there's there's actually a meme (laughs) that i've saved because it just describes it so perfectly um see if i can find it here real quick it says when somebody asked me why i don't trust the, the government and then it's homer simpson holding up a list and this this list is pretty amazing. I mean, so MK Ultra was the CIA's study on. Um, I suggest everyone look up MK Ultra. Um, it's basically how to mind control someone using all kinds of different methods. Um, Operation Northwoods, Operation Paperclip, where they brought the Nazis over and, and used them in government uh, 
different government functions. Operation Fast and Furious, where they were gun running uh, guns down to um, drug cartels in Mexico on the border in order to blame the Second Amendment. Um, Operation Mockingbird, uh, that was when the CIA put members of its organization in the press. Tuskegee experiments, when the government experimented on uh, black men. Uh, Waco. Waco is just unbelievable. There's actually a show on Netflix called Waco. Uh, I recommend it, if, if it's still even on there. It was on there a couple months ago. But um, uh, really, it's really amazing what happened in, in Waco. Um, Ruby Ridge, JFK, which we're going to talk about in a future episode. NSA spying. Building 7, which we absolutely need to talk about in a future episode. It's the third building that fell on 9-11. was not hit by a plane. Uh, I'm a structural engineer. Let me tell you that the way that thing fell, at free fall acceleration with every column buckling at the same time, it's impossible. Uh, Gulf of Tonkin, which was a false flag, an admitted false flag. Even Wikipedia says it's a false flag that they used to get into Vietnam. Chicago black sites. Um, that's a whole thing that you have to look up. Flint water crisis. We all know. Well, most of us know about that. Iran Contra, Gary Webb, NDAA, Patriot Act, Bilderberg Group, Bohemian Grove, Abu Ghraib, and Guantanamo Bay. That's everything that's held up by Homer Simpson here in this list, in this meme. Um, and the first thing you said about was the pandemic expected. It's pretty amazing. In 2017, Fauci said Trump will no doubt face a surprise infectious disease outbreak within his first term. So there's some really weird things that happened before 2020. Um, another one that happened was Event 201. Uh, you, you guys have to look this up. It is just unbelievable. Event 201 was a simulation of a pandemic spreading across the world. And they have fake news stories uh, that sounded exactly like news stories do now. Um, something else that's, uh, that is, was pretty amazing. This is something that I had saved because I've been a conspiracy theorist for a long time now. Um, Scott, longer than me, I admit. But I've been a conspiracy theorist since probably 2007. And um, in 2010, there was a Rockefeller Foundation document that had four different scenarios in it. And one of them was a pandemic scenario. And it said masks would be required. Temperature checks would be required to enter public buildings. Um, it said China would handle the pandemic better than the rest of, better than the U.S. And better than the rest of the world. But better than the U.S. because the, the government there um, could restrict its citizens' movements more easily than the U.S., which values individual rights. They're saying that was a bad thing because it allowed the... Um, pandemic to spread. So this was in 2010. I saved the document on my computer. And when all this started happening, I went back and I looked and I was like, oh my God, this is the exact thing that was in that Rockefeller Foundation document 10 years ago. So uh, go ahead, Scott. I remember you telling me about that too. That was one of the first things. And I also learned this from you too. It was um, right at the start of the pandemic in 20, um, in 2020 at the beginning there and it was all the ceos and politicians who were cashing out or cashing in on because they knew it was coming i mean there was like a huge list of like mcdonald's and 
you know, the McDonald's CEO, like the uh, Brawl. I, I, I won't say the other ones. I'm not sure, but I yeah, know the, a ton the, of them. The list is so long, and all the articles, I, I can't find them anymore. It's the it's the weirdest thing. I can't find those articles. And I was going to say too, going back, I, that's another common theme I've seen, especially when we get into our JFK episode, which I've been researching and trying to find documentaries and other articles that I used to know about and can't find them anymore. Uh, it's one of the most frustrating things because there's more info. There's, that's the thing. There's so many misleading info too about so many different things out there. You have to be so careful because I've seen things where they're like, if you're, if you believe 9-11 was an inside job, you also believe aliens, you know, are, are, are like reptilians are controlling the government right now. They they combine those together, which is one of the most frustrating things to deal with because you can't even have a, a serious conversation with people anymore about these things. Um, <laughs> but also too, I wanted to, Oh, I'm sorry. Did, uh, no, I was just going to say, anytime you find anything that is so important, so mind-blowing that you think needs to be saved, I suggest people print it out. I know it sucks to have a bunch of hard copies of articles um, or, or save it on your computer, uh, but ideally print it out because, yeah, they're, they're deleting articles. And not only that, they're going in and revising the text of the articles without telling people that they're doing so. They're changing headlines. They're changing the words within the body of the article. But um, keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna get something here that I actually printed out and go ahead. All right, fair enough. Yeah, and like like I said too, it, it was fascinating how much they know about these things. But it also leads me into another uh, discussion here, and I want to bring up the Bohemian Grove, which um, Patrick also brought up. And you know, there's so many other groups out there that people need to look into because these are the things. And I'm gonna bring up Alex Jones here in a little bit too because obviously he's a controversial figure and. I don't. I think he's kind of a nut right now um, uh, for the things he's gone way too down to the rabbit hole. But he did uncover Bohemian Grove, which people didn't know about. That was one of those things where if you brought it up before, you know, you're a nut. You know, you're crazy for talking about Bohemian Grove, the Pacific Union Club, the Skull and Bones, etc. And those specific groups, um, where these super powerful elite get together in these hidden places and conduct things that aren't known but have been slowly leaked out it's called this these can't be just we can't accept these things i'm just going to say that out there we can't accept them as normal we can't say that we're protecting their privacy by not going to these private clubs or parties because there's something called a small group dynamic where parties we see like you know we talked in another episode the jeff bezos party where in a relaxed setting ideas are shared agreed and acted upon so this can be this can have profound impacts when you have, you know, CIA in, uh, or people from the Federal Reserve or banks at a party like this with politicians and actors. Uh, this can have a profound impact on the world or the na- on the nation of the world. That's why it's dangerous. You have the most powerful people, the uber rich and their descendants of these Bilderberg groups, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, families who grow up, like I said, believing that they are gods. Um, they are, and in, in these parties, you know. Behind, you know, in the public scene, they're taught how to act, how to lie, and how to behave in public. But when they are alone, at Bohemian Grove, they pray to owl effigies. They do mock child sacrifices. Hopefully they're mock. We don't know. And they trade underage boys and girls. These aren't conspiracy theories anymore. Like I mentioned before, Alex Jones, when he was semi-sane, uh, discovered um, the Bohemian Grove. He went off the deep end, but he was right about the Bohemian Grove, and that's what sucks now is because anytime he mentioned him, he's censored from all media platforms. It erases the good that he actually did uncover. 
Yeah. Because you, know, you have to give him credit for that. Yeah, Alex Jones, um, I agree. He said some crazy things lately, and I, I don't I don't really trust him anymore. No, I never really trusted him, but um, I want to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, breaking into Bohemian Grove was unbelievable, unbelievably helpful for um, getting the truth out, and I think you can still find that. You might have to use DuckDuckGo. Um, I suggest people watch it. It's like an hour-long documentary where he breaks into Bohemian Grove, and he films the cremation of care ceremony. Um, uh, another thing he did that was great was the uh, Aaron Russo interview where Aaron Russo said the end goal is to get everybody chipped. Um, that was before Aaron Russo died. But um, this cremation of care ceremony, the the goal, the so the ceremony is, yeah, it's in front of a, a large stone owl statue, very large, um, like as big as a house. And... Um, so what happens is somebody, somebody in the, it's like a little play, starts to care too much. Their conscience starts to get a hold of them. So what they do is a mock child sacrifice to the god of Moloch, um, which is represented by the owl. And the owl represents wisdom. And then the owl tells them that... Um, be gone, doll care. Fire shall have its way with you. And they burn the human effigy, and there's this scream, this horrible blood curdling scream. And what they're doing is symbolically burning care so that um, their, their consciences, that, you know, if they had conscience, say their conscience was eating away at them at one of their false flags that they staged, um, cremation of care, which they hold every summer is in like late july um bohemian grove by the way is in like northern california near san francisco um the goal is to get rid of that conscience you shouldn't have it it's it's too it's it's a human thing it's it's materialistic and you should get rid of it and wisdom is to not have a conscience and to just go ahead along with the with the plan go ahead scott and then again, yeah, it's the ultimate, uh, the ends justify the means in their uh, opinion. So uh, really quick, did you want to show or share what you brought out before we go back to Mercy Warren, or do you want to save that? Um, sure, I can I can share it. Um, I, I was just, I thought of it because we were talking about printing out things, and this is a study. It's a scientific study called SARS-CoV-2 Spike Protein Elicits Cell Signaling in Human Host Cells implications for possible consequences of COVID-19 vaccines. So there's a lot of scientific jargon in here, um, but some of the highlights are they basically found out, um, and it says, we proposed that the SARS-CoV-2, which is COVID, that's what everyone's talking, the COVID that everyone's talking about is called SARS-CoV-2, spike protein, without the rest of the viral components, triggers cell signaling events that may promote pulmonary vascular remodeling and pulmonary arterial hypertension as well as possibly other cardiovascular complications so this since the spike protein alone causes that that's what's in these vaccines is the spike protein so what it says is thus it is important to consider the possibility that the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein produced by the new COVID-19 vaccines trigger cell signaling events that promote pulmonary arterial hypertension, other cardiovascular complications, and or complications in other tissues or organs, 
in certain individuals. We will need to monitor carefully the long-term consequences of COVID-19 vaccines that introduce the spike protein into the human body. Um, and if you don't know pulmonary arterial hypertension, I didn't either, <laughs> but it's in this um, it's in this study and it says PAH is a serious disease without a cure that can affect males and females of any age, including children. The increased pulmonary vascular resistance in PAH results in right heart failure and subsequently death. Patients diagnosed with PAH only live for two to three years from the time of diagnosis on average if untreated. And it says it's hard to detect because of its symptoms, which are shortness of breath, fatigue, and dizziness. How many people have gotten the vaccine and complained of these exact symptoms? So does that mean that they have PAH now? I don't know. But I think they should get tested for it because of this study. And this study is one of the top reasons why I am not getting the vaccine because they don't know what these spike proteins do. And one of their responses was, well, um, if you get injected in the shoulder, the vaccine stays in the shoulder at the injection site. But then there was another study after that that said, no, it doesn't. It actually accumulates throughout the entire body. So the spike protein can accumulate in the lungs. And it even said ovaries is a place where it accumulates, which can have obviously profound impacts on fertility. Go ahead. Yeah, and especially like when we've talked about uh, different book, like, you know, different things that, you know, it always seems to be a book or a movie that kind of warns about these things in the future, like uh, uh, the uh, book Inferno. Um, you know, and, and we know that population control is one of the end goals, uh, most likely with uh, the New World Order. But with that said, we're going to throw it back over to Mercy Warren now, who I believe has another question or a statement that she has for us. So this one, I don't know if, she, if it's a question or a statement, but we're just going to go with it. So it's actually going to link, go back to what we were talking about, like the Bilderberg group, the Bohemian Groves, and the Skull and Bones. There are three groups that not a lot of actually known about the going on especially the skull and bones, when you tra when their actual name that they go by is actually the Brotherhood of Death. And there's actually a more elite version of skull and bones known as the Russell Trust Association. Is in that the IRS has actually audited them and little known information is actually leaked from that. But earlier on in this podcast, Patrick Henry was talking about religion and believing that a lot of these people are like Satanists and things along that line. So my question would be, do you think these, these organizations are actually practicing this, those satanic rituals? Cause it does kind of sounds, especially since not, it just sounds very ominous by their names and they're going on. Do you believe that's what they're practicing? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that they're, uh, I think that the movie eyes wide shut, is I don't know if you've seen it, Scott. Have you seen a uh, as like Stanley Kubik? Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise. Uh, 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 what's her face? Nicole Kidman. Yes. Yeah, I think that movie really encapsulates what's happening. It's a super creepy movie, so um, just if you're gonna watch it, just know that going in. It's not a very uplifting movie. It's super creepy, but it shows the elite having uh, secret masked parties. Um, and I think that one of the things that they do um, is symbolism. I think that they have a ton of symbolism. And a lot of the symbolism is the one eye sign. Um, the one eye is on the dollar bill. Um, it represents the eye of Horus, 
which Horus was the god of protection of the powerful. Um, and it would, you know, protect the, the pharaohs against the citizens. So they see themselves as like the pharaohs of old. Um, and a lot of people who covered this that I would recommend is, first of all, Bill Cooper. He's top of the list. Bill Cooper died uh, like a month after 9-11. He predicted 9-11 before anybody. He said there's going to be a false flag. It's going to be blamed on Osama bin Laden. Um, he went to the deepest levels. He uh, talked about the secret religion that these people practice. Uh, he talked about Manly P. Hall, which is that um, Freemason. Um, you, you can buy Manly P. Hall's books. And like there's one called, I think, The Secret History of America or something like that. It's got a one eye sign right on the cover. Um, and so, so I definitely recommend Bill Cooper. He actually talked about aliens in the 90s and then realized that he was being fed false information and that aliens was to spin him off course. And he admitted that, which to me built credibility. Um, but you can find some of his stuff on YouTube. Maybe it's all been taken down by now, but you used to be able to find... Uh, Bill Cooper stuff. You search William Cooper or Bill Cooper. He has a book, Behold a Pale Horse. Um, and also Vigilant Citizen. If you go to Vigilant Citizen's website, um, he specifically focuses on symbolism. And it's unbelievable. I mean, he has a, a thing that he does every month, Symbolic Picks of the Month. And it's unbelievable how many magazines have the one eye sign, different 666 hand signs. Um, they like to get 666 into things in various ways. Um, they're, they're, they're symbolizing to each other, you know, uh, who's, on, who's on the inside. And actually, someone who talked about that a lot was that person that I recommended last time I was on a show, which was the former um, winner, the former X Factor winner. Go ahead, Scott. Are you going to say something about that? Yeah, I was literally, I, I knew you were going to bring that up again because I, I, I have started watching that too. And I was going to mention in that, uh, five, it's on uh, YouTube. Um, last I was watching, and it still was. And yeah, he does have this montage where you're talking about the symbols, where hundreds. It's part of the the you know a lot of the actors and actresses and celebrities and that. But there are, in what I've looked into, hundreds of musicians and movie stars trying to be part of it with the all seeing eye. They'll, they'll do that in the pictures or the hand in the jacket. But I was going to say, I think at least ninety five percent of them have no idea what it actually means. They don't really know what they're doing they're just trying to be pretend like they're on the inside they know what they're doing they see their peers doing it and they're copying others and um i also wanted to uh go back really quick on what you said about uh you know because it's, it's religion I, I don't know if i've said on this podcast yet uh, i have said this in other times and i'm not overly religious i'm not really much of uh you know but one thing that i have noticed over the years and i will admit is that the uber elite have hidden behind religion and christianity to make it seem like they're godly people uh, when in reality, and especially behind the scenes, um, they are everything but that. They do not, they don't believe in anything that Jesus taught. And I will say this too: I may not believe in uh, the Christian Bible to you know to, to the extent that Mercy or uh, Patrick does. But I really do believe that if you follow the teachings of Jesus itself, you know the Good Samaritan story, you know turning the other cheek, being a good person, you know those are things that you don't that you should live by. Those are things that could make the world a much better place. Um, so I just wanted to say that really briefly, and especially with those symbols, you know, um, I was going to leave this up to uh, Patrick here if he wants to segue into this or if we want to go back to Mercy. I do uh, have something to add, Mercy does, but yeah, but the symbols that the FBI, you know, along the lines of Pizzagate, 
which I'll leave it up to you if you want to get into that or not. We can save that for another episode if you wish. Uh, I'll let you dwell on that for a second, or if you want to respond really quick to me first before we throw back to Mercy. Okay, we'll go to Mercy. Okay, so one more thing just on the concept of religion. There was a specific conspiracy theory that I researched called the end of time theory, and it basically is suggesting that they will impose a tyrannical new world order using all the processes that are at the end of the Bible, like all the different plagues and different things like that. And the people who are going to be in charge of that are actually said to have made deals with the devil. I know that you had mentioned them being able to conjure the devil and things like that. And they actually worship something called the unholy trinity, which is, which is Satan, the antichrist and a false prophet. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. And the, the term for a one world, Religion is called, I have it written down, I lost it, occultism. The word cult is right in there. So I just thought that was kind of interesting and relating back to what we said earlier. Yeah, and I actually do agree. I think if they wanted to do a one-world religion, they and that that is one of the things, again, too, like I said, but it, it does make a lot of sense to me that if you start to warp the story in the Bible around where you want to say, like, Satan was misunderstood. Satan was the fallen angel. He just he just questioned God. Why can't humans have this? Why can't we have that? And it makes him seem like he's intelligent and caring, and, and that's all, I'll, I'll censor myself, that's all BS, of course. You know, that is a way to mislead people in a dangerous path, whether or not Satan is real or not. You don't want people thinking that there's no morals or consequences for things you do. That could lead to... You, you know, we don't want total, we don't want anarchy, I don't think any of us in that extent, because you have your right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You can't take that away, because if you do something contrary to that, you're taking away somebody's other's right to that, which is one of the worst things I can, uh, one of the worst sins I can imagine or say. Uh, Patrick? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Aleister Crowley is someone that um, people need to look up. Uh, he was a Satanist in the early 1900s. Um, he ended up meeting with some very high-level people, including Hitler. Hitler said about Aleister Crowley, I've met the Antichrist and he scares me. So this guy um, this guy claims that he, he was totally off the wall, but actually Jay-Z supports him. Jay-Z has a hoodie that says, Do What Thou Wilt, which was uh, Aleister Crowley's saying. He wrote like a satanic Bible. Um Alistair Crowley said he what happened was he went to Egypt um, and he was in a museum and this was this was before he converted to Satanism and there were a bunch of display cases there and he started hearing his name being called from one in particular and it was display case number 666 and the in the display was the God of Horus which I've already mentioned and he said that then um, he said, the devil and God were fighting inside of me and God won. He said, but now the question is, who's God? And from then he just went more and more evil. Um, he's a total psychopath, uh, but he created a, an order. It's called OTO. I don't remember what that stands for, but people can look it up. Um, and he met with a lot of high level people. Um, these people are also members of that OTO that he created. Um, these people are absolutely insane. Yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to Pizzagate, um, people laugh at that. People mock that. And it was taken too far. 
obviously, with the pizza shop thing. Although the person with the gun who went into the pizza shop, uh, that may have been a false flag. Uh, as Mercy was talking about false flags, that definitely may have been one. But I, was about to say, like, because I don't know if it was him, but somebody like him, or something that happened along those lines, he was listening to IMDb as an actor or something. I don't know if it was that yep. guy specifically. No, that was. But I yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the rumor was that uh, Hillary Clinton was involved. Um, you know, she ran with Tim Kaine. Um, and, but I, I'm, not po- I'm not positive who was involved, but I do know this. There are some emails that were leaked as part of WikiLeaks that are extremely bizarre. Um, so this, this is one of the emails. This is to John Podesta. Uh, John Podesta is someone who's in these emails a lot doing these weird, creepy symbolism emails. This was a this is a realtor emailing John Podesta. Hi, John. Or no, this wasn't a realtor. This is someone working with John talking about the realtor. Hi, John. The realtor found a handkerchief. I think it has a map on it that seems pizza related. Is it yours? They can send it if you want. I know you're busy, so feel free not to respond if it's not yours or you don't want it. What is a map that's pizza related on a handkerchief? What does that mean? That's a that's a bizarre email. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, here's another one that leads to the probably the biggest rabbit hole of any of the Pizzagate rabbit holes. This was from Marina Abramovich. So Marina Abramovich is Again, I suggest people look her up, but you, you have to use DuckDuckGo. I mean, Google just covers everything up. Marina Abramovich is supposedly an artist. She says she's not satanic, but she's got a million satanic pictures. And she does this thing called spirit cooking. And there's a picture here. It's too bad this is an audio-only um, podcast because I would, I would put this picture up. But it's a picture of her sitting with, in one of her spirit cooking ceremonies with um, a bunch of blood all over the place, um, an upside-down star, 666. I'll hold it up so that uh, Scott can see in mercy. So Marina Abramovich is sitting up there on that, that shelf, and 666 is that. There's the upside-down star and 666 right there for mercy and Scott. And I know the listeners can't see that, but... Um, so she claims she's not satanic, but yet she's surrounded by satanic symbolism and doing really weird crap. So anyways, this is an email from Marina Abramovich to Tony Podesta, who's John Podesta's brother. Tony Podesta has a bunch of creepy artwork in his home. That's a whole different... I mean, that's part of this Pizzagate thing. But So here's what the email says. Dear Tony, I am so looking forward to the spirit cooking dinner at my place. Do you think you will be able... To let me know if your brother is joining. All my love, Marina. And Marina Abramovich is someone, if you research her, um, she's got pictures with Jay-Z, who I've mentioned before. Lady Gaga. She's had a bunch of weird pictures with kids and stuff. Um, and the, the reason people talk about um, the pizza shop. Oh gosh, this is such a, this is such a rabbit hole. Um, the reason people talk about the pizza shop is, I think it started with an article, um, I don't remember what it came out of, um, what, what, uh, magazine it came out, oh, it was GQ, and the, the leader of the, owner of this pizza shop, James Alephantis, was named one of the most 
influential and powerful people in Washington, D.C., an owner of a pizza place. And there's a pizza place that was right next door called Besta Pizza. And their logo was a smaller triangle within a bigger triangle. And it was the exact logo that was in the FBI document detailing different um, pedophilia logos and, and logos and what they mean. They actually changed their logo right after this whole Pizzagate thing came out. Um, I mean, there's just there's just some unbelievable. There, I guess there's one more email that I that I'll mention, and I'm sure we will have a Pizzagate episode. Um, this is from Tamara Luzado. She wrote, "With enormous gratitude to Advanced Man Extraordinary Aver, I'm popping up again to share our excitement about the reprise of our gang's visit to the farm in Lovettsville, and I thought I'd share a couple more notes. We plan to heat the pool, so a swim is a possibility." Bonnie will be Uber service to transport Ruby, Emerson, and Moave Lovato, 11, 9, and almost 7. So you'll have some further entertainment, and they will be in that pool for sure. What the heck does that mean? Why are you providing kids in a pool? I mean, these emails, again, they all came from the WikiLeaks emails. Um, there's, there's a ton of weird stuff that came from there. I know people laugh at Pizzagate. They think it's insane, but um, what what is the deal with with these with these pizza with and pizza and hot dogs? Uh, like there's this other email from Fred Burton to uh, Don Koikendall, and it says I think Obama spent about sixty five thousand dollars of the taxpayers' money flying in pizza and hot dogs from Chicago for a private party at the White House not long ago. Assume we are using the same channels. Just, uh, just again, just just weird emails that seem to use code words. Go ahead, Scott. And yeah, and that's a, another thing too. Is I don't know if I said this again on the podcast. Like uh, I said, this is something I've said many times before. And because anytime you do bring something up like this, and you're labeled as crazy, crazy, and taboo, you know, I think the biggest accomplishment that the shadow government, the NWO, has been able to do is you see the evidence in front of your face, yet they've convinced you what you're seeing is wrong. That is their biggest victory. You can see these things happening. They, they make sense. You know in the back of your mind they might make sense, but then you're looking for an excuse not to believe it because you don't want something to be that horrible and that true. But I think the tragic reality is, 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 is it is. It is true. And I just wanted to further something along this to help us out here. And I, I know we've talked about Jeffrey Epstein a lot, but I just want to mention this is – I'm trying to think of the right words exactly how to say this – is these people that I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, you know, the people involved in something like Pizzagate or, you know, these uber elite and these celebrities and politicians even, is they have a life that we can't even or don't even want to imagine. And Jeffrey Epstein was maybe the tip of the iceberg. He was like a chauffeur to them. Hey, come away to a private island. No rules, no age of consent, no judgment. Total privacy to live out your wildest fantasies. Jeffrey Epstein can't have been the only one. It's not impossible to conceive that this still happens, and it might be much bigger than we know. And again, too, that's the thing that they try to make you seem crazy about. But think about it logically. 
that was a conspiracy theory for the longest time. He was protected. He was a quote-unquote CIA agent. He was thrown to the wolves because they don't want people to know the other sick, sinister things that they're doing in this world. You have the celebrities like Benedict Cumberbatch, and we mentioned Jay-Z and Beyonce, and I still think that those people, you know, that do the symbols, they do the hand in the jacket, Adrian uh, Grenier um, from Entourage, big star, um, they are still just underlings to them, to the people that do this, who are, have hidden themselves from us. They are still on the lowest of the pecking order of the elite who are trying to impress them. What does that make the rest of us? And if something is like JFK, you know, where they've killed dozens, if not maybe hundreds of witnesses or people, you know, who could verify what happened, or they killed 2,000 people for 9-11 just to get more laws and money and billions of dollars in their favor, what does that make the rest of us, the ones that aren't the celebrities, the ones that don't have any kind of power or say at all? We're nothing to them. And that's something I, I kind of want to build up to in this episode and why something like Pizzagate isn't crazy. Some of these things we're talking about are not crazy and they need to start being taken seriously. And a lot of times you need to find, you need to, you need to sift through the BS, but the truth is really in there. And I hate to sound, you know, like that X-Files thing, but it really is. Well, like you said, like you said about Epstein, um, there was a New York Times article. It was a great article and uh, I, I, I can source it. I don't have it right in front of me now, but when we do an when we inevitably do an Epstein episode, um, I will source it then. But in the, in the article, it said a doctor slash scientist met with Epstein at one of his parties. And Epstein kind of talked with him a little bit about eugenics. And this scientist said that he wasn't interested in eugenics, that there are different ways for to help public health or whatever. He said he was never again invited to anything from Jeffrey Epstein. So that tells me that the people who do hang out with Jeffrey Epstein on a consistent more than once are interested in eugenics. And Bill Gates is one of those people who continued to meet with Jeffrey Epstein all the way up until his death. It's probably one of the reasons that Melinda divorced him. That's what's coming out. Um, So is Bill Gates interested in eugenics? I would say yes. I mean, he has his, his father... Uh, was the former head of Planned Parenthood, which I know we can argue about the, the good things that Planned Parenthood does, um, but I think that anyone who's the head of uh, Planned Parenthood um, is probably a eugenicist. Hate to say it, but I mean, because that that organization was um, founded by what Margaret Margaret Sanger Mar- Margaret Sanger, and she has a lot of eugenic. She she supported eugenics. Um, so regardless of the good things that Planned Parenthood does, um, Bill Gates' father was the head of, former head of it, and Bill Gates himself has said that Africa's too too populated, it's overpopulated. So why is he so interested in uh, vaccinating everybody in Africa? Does he really want to help them, or does he want to limit their population? Go ahead. No, you said uh, a lot of the, you know you said everything I was going for. Uh, for the most part, I've said all I want to say, and I wanted to—I do have a wrap-up statement and stuff, but I wanted to throw it back to Mercy to see if you have anything else for us. Bringing up the concept of population control again, with the research that I did, that was actually brought up as one way that they would try to control the population of the world is by enforcing programs like Planned Parenthood, abstinence, and things like that before getting into the more strict maybe it's not strict, but the more controversial things such as 
the viruses, vaccines, things like that, but abstinence and programs like Planned Parenthood are one of the top things that was listed as a measure of how they're using population control. Yeah, I think that okay. I think that they don't want to just uh, they don't want to just come down and make it real obvious and crack down on people having babies, kind of like China did with their one child policy for the longest time. Um, but they do want to accomplish their population control goals, and I think vaccines are a perfect way to do it. Nobody can, especially if they're timed. I mean, if 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 some of these are timed so that it happens in a couple of years where your fertility is affected. Um, or you die from cancer, no one can trace it back to the vaccine. It's so hard to do it, and the media just calls you an anti-vaxxer. Um, and even if you could trace it back to the vaccine, you can't sue the manufacturer. So it's to me, the vaccines are a perfect vehicle for population control. They're just they're absolutely perfect. Uh, there's there's so many issues that are spiking, like cancer. Um, BBC said there's a tidal wave of cancer. And the article says, oh, maybe it's sugar, maybe it's alcohol. Why does no one question the thing that's going intramuscularly into your bloodstream? Why does nobody question that? Um, why, why does nobody question it when the insert of the vaccines say they have not been tested for carcinogenic potential? It says that in almost every single vaccine insert. Um, and a lot of vaccines contain known carcinogens. Um, uh, formaldehyde, for example, and aluminum. Um, there's another one too. I can't remember right, right off the top of my head, but um, mercury, right? I mean, they found mercury. Yes, but some of those have taken it out, and sometimes I think people focus too much on the mercury thing, and then you know they take mercury out of the vaccines, and it's like, well, it's good to go then. But it's like, no, there's still other things in there that are major issues. Um, so my point is, I think that um, vaccines are a really good method, but it's possible that things are happening too slow. So maybe eventually they're going to want to do things faster. I don't know what that means. Maybe drop a nuke somewhere. <laughs> but go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, and you brought up too with the pharmaceutical companies that can't be sued or held responsible. And that's also a trend we've seen in, um, in other things. I feel like I'm about to sneeze here in a second, so sorry if I'm... But uh, that's, a, that's a trend that they've used, like going back to 2008 when they uh, had the $700 billion bailout to the banks. And the banks got this, and there was a clause in there that many people know about, was that no court was allowed to review or do insight into what they did with their money. Again, like when you, that's one of the things you see. This is where you can start connecting the dots, and I hate to use that as you know, the conspiracy nut theory, but connect the dots with the banks. Connect the dots with the pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. When you make it impossible to use the court system to hold these – organizations and people responsible that's one of the scariest things we should be worried about and that's still something that doesn't get any kind of news coverage at all you know if you get a vaccine and you fall over dead next week like you were told to get it everything out there is like you know but though that was your choice you know the fda says only use this in emergencies you're hammering people non-stop to do this you have to put your money in a bank you have to get a vaccine but then when things go bad and you're it's not your fault you just did what you're supposed to do as good sheeple you die, you can't hold the people responsible accountable. Yeah, one, and, of, one of the dots I connected just yesterday, um, you can go to the Council on Foreign Relations website and see their corporate membership. Also, if you go to Republic of Truth and just scroll to the bottom, I have it there permanently. And um, one, of the, one of the top corporate founders, they call them, of 
the Council on Foreign Relations is this company called BlackRock. And I looked it up and BlackRock got a ton of money from the Federal Reserve at the beginning of the pandemic. So much so that a bunch of people were raising flags saying, this is really weird. Why are they getting so much money from the Federal Reserve? Why are they getting so much help? That's a Those are some dots that are pretty easy to connect. I think you look at the CFR's corporate membership list, all those corporations um, push for the New World Order in one way or the other. Um, Pfizer is, of course, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations as a corporate member. Um, so every member on the list pushes for it in one way or the other. Um, it, it's really, it, it's, it's almost obvious, but some people just see it all as coincidence. Everything's a, everything's a coincidence. Go ahead, Scott. And unfortunately they do, and this is actually something that's probably, we're going to segue, that I want to bring up in the JFK episode, which is another area of the conspiracy that, again, I don't think a lot of people know about, but it's starting to get a little bit more attention. There's a documentary on it on uh, Amazon Prime right now, and this statement, after everything we've said, this is probably the one that'll get us in trouble. And it's the links with, uh, uh, there's four of them, but I only have the, uh, Lincoln, JFK, Garfield, and taking on the central banks or the ones trying to end the power of the Federal Reserve, which is what may have gotten a lot of them killed. Obviously, Lincoln was before the Federal Reserve, but he was still maybe a potential. He was, wasn't afraid to take on central banking. And that is something that I want to talk about in the JFK episode when we get to it that not a lot of people would think to, to know about or would know about. Um, so, again, I've said basically everything I want to say. I just have a brief closing statement, um, but I'll let uh, Patrick go first. Yeah, I'll close it. I'll close my part. Um, I wanted to say for the X Factor winner, if you if if people look up on vigilantcitizen.com, X X Factor winner reveals world secret religion. They can find that video. It's very hard to find otherwise. Very very hard. Even DuckDuckGo, I couldn't find it on, which is a shame. I, I don't know if DuckDuckGo is completely on our side with this stuff, um, but. Yeah, to close it out, I, I hope we keep talking about this topic. I, I hope we don't just say, well, we've talked about it and uh, we can't talk about it again because it's just so important. There's so much to say. Um, there's a bunch of w weird stuff going on, especially with the pandemic. I mean, it's coming out that um, ivermectin might be a very, very effective cure uh, for coronavirus, but it's not under patent. Nobody can make any real good money off of ivermectin. And if ivermectin were a treatment for coronavirus, the vaccines could never get emergency use authorization. So I think people need to look in, um, look at ivermectin. Um, there's, there's a good podcast. It's called Dark Horse Podcast. Um, it was with two doctors discussing ivermectin, and I think it's called, um, I believe it's called Crime of the Century. Uh, I can find it here in one second. So it's on YouTube. It's called COVID, Ivermectin, and the Crime of the Century, Dark Horse Podcast with Pierre, Corey, and Brett Weinstein. It's two hours long, but they discuss all the evidence that shows ivermectin is an effective treatment for COVID-19. And they discuss the vaccines. And it's really interesting. It's also very scary what's happening, that you can't even talk about this stuff without getting censored. These are two doctors 
and I guarantee they'll be they'll be censored. They haven't been censored yet, but it's 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 a new podcast, so it'll come. But yeah, to, to close it out, I hope we keep talking about this, and I hope listeners submit questions. If you disagree with us, please ask. Please bring it up. Don't just stay quiet. Um, you can you can debate with us. We're not going to censor your questions. If you have a question, go ahead and ask. We'll discuss it. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I probably should have prompted this a little bit earlier, too. And I'll give you a final, final thought if you want. Because I, I wanted to ultimately, briefly, in, in just a couple minutes or less, answer the question we prompted in the beginning of this episode is what is the end game? What is the, the goal and the end of the New World Order? And for me personally, I, I, I do think that they want to take it in increment steps like they've been doing. I think that the ultimate ringleaders of them, they're fading out, you know, um, they did JFK, they did 9-11. I think 9-11 was still maybe the last big push to get what they wanted, and they made a lot of money, and they got everything they wanted 21 years later, 20 years later that they wanted with 9-11. But you still see them doing things, potentially like the coronavirus with the vaccines, and I think they still just want to accumulate more wealth and power. I think this newer generation of the insiders, um, they basically just love this life of luxury they have right now. They love... They get annoyed when the common people like us raise questions like that, question what they're doing, because it's like, how dare they question me and my vices and what I want to do after I've earned the right to do this? You know, how dare they question us gods to do this? And that annoys them, I think, to no, to no extent. So, again, I think that we're going to see incremental steps towards chips, more world, like more birth control, more things like that. But... I'm not sure we're at the point of a glo- the giant global catastrophe that limits things to 100 million people or less because I don't know if they – I don't want to tempt them and say they don't have the balls for it, but maybe they might be content with what they have. But who knows? You know, that's a dangerous thing though too is that they're only take- – they only need a couple of them to go back. Like, you know, grandfather J.P. Morgan and Prescott Bush still wanted to do this. Maybe we need to carry out their vision. So it's something you can't stop being vigilant. You can't stop – you know, asking questions and, and looking out for these kind of things and exposing them when you get the chance. And so I just, again, want everybody out there to uh, to continue to do that, and hopefully this podcast helps a little bit more. And uh, Patrick, I will throw it back to you for a final thought, and then Mercy, if she wants to say a final word. Yeah, I think that there's probably some infighting there amongst them. Some people are probably somewhat okay with where they're at, or maybe their goals are different, um, and others might want to nuke half the world population and just end it um but i think that the end goal is one world government with one world currency and to get everybody chipped and the currency has to be digital only no paper and um one world religion with um any of the abrahamic religions banned i think one of the things that they're going to do um is increasingly blame uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam for wars all around the world. And more and more, they're going to say, see, this is why we need to control these religions and eventually just get rid of them for one world religion, which will be like the Baha'i faith, um, which people can look up. But um, I think that they will propose a one world religion eventually. I don't think it'll be super obvious that it's Luciferian. I don't think it'll be like, all right, we're all worshiping the devil today. Um, it'll be incremental and um, it will be hidden. Um, the Bible in Genesis says that the devil 
is the most subtle. Um, and subtle subtlety is what they're going to use. It's not going to be overt. It's not going to be obvious. It'll be subtle. Um, but you have to review. You have to refuse the chip. You you absolutely have to refuse the chip. And uh, that's all I'll say for my part. I guess uh, Mercy, if she wants to say anything. Sure. I just want to thank Scott and Patrick for the opportunity to come on a, a different kind of show than what I'm normally on and provide my perspective as someone who doesn't know as much about conspiracy theories. I think it was a good learning opportunity for me as well as the listeners who maybe don't know as much about conspiracy theories as well to kind of bridge the gap and start getting you to think the way that they do. And I look forward to maybe being on another episode like this so I can do some more research and learn about different topics. Absolutely. Okay, thank you for that. Oh, sorry, Patrick. No, I just said absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say that is a, that, a great job today, Mercy. Um, it was very fun to have you on here. You did a great job filling in for Lawson, who would have been stone-faced and not talked about these things probably as much anyway because he knows what's going on, Mr. CIA analyst, potentially, allegedly but we, uh, we won't hold it against them. Uh, but again, thank you both for doing this episode with us. I hope you out there, again, like Patrick said, we don't, we won't censor you. We, we encourage some feedback we, and, and your differing opinions. You know, point counterpoint us. And uh, we won't, and I'm the person, I will guarantee you, if you have a good point, solid point that contradicts or overturns something I said, I will grant you that point. I will not just blindly follow, like stick to my own uh, beliefs if I'm wrong. But uh, we do have another bracket episode coming up soon. Uh, we have this episode and another. Uh, we have a JFK episode coming up soon in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Remember, find us on Facebook, Twitter, RD3Productions at Yahoo.com. And again, thank you both for this episode. I had a lot of fun, and I hope your ears and eyes were open just a little bit more. So until then, Mr. Solomon Black, take us out. Dying of thirst, trying to find an oasis Finally paying for all the time that I've wasted I said life was a race, but I was driving mistakes See, the truth will shine a light on all your lies if you face it And so that's why you might hate me At a party, won't play this If I tried to be basic, I would finally be famous I could be crowned for a favor I could be drowning in paper I could have all the kingdoms of the world I'm bowed on the Satan Matthew 4, 9, if you doubt what I'm saying Matthew 6, 6, keep it down while I'm praying Revelation 1, 9, I'm on an island Come and save me, Proverbs 20, 21,